0: He might not have the immediate impact in 2023, but the New Orleans Saints draft selection of Fresno State quarterback Jake Hainer is perhaps the smartest pick that they made in the 2023 NFL draft. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another live post-day three of the NFL Draft episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always. Make a Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube or anywhere else as well. Don't forget to subscribe and follow for free so you never miss a daily podcast. Upload and I am your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation website covering the New Orleans Saints. You can find me Tuesdays on Locked on NFL and here with you every single Monday through Friday. And then some unlocked on, on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at Ultimate Pro Football GM, who have actually been sponsoring all of our NFL draft coverage here. On the Locked On Podcast Network, which is absolutely awesome. So, if you ever thought that you can be an NFL GM or manage your own football franchise, you'll want to try out this mobile app today to say thank you for them by saying thank you for us. And uh, you can find that over at ultimate gm.com. And don't forget, you can also use the promo code Locked On in all caps for a 100% free boost to your franchise as well. So, we're breaking down, taking a look at the New Orleans Saints day three but also kind of the big picture needs that they answered big picture needs that are still remaining we'll get to that including what's up next at tight end after the New Orleans Saints traded away tight end Adam Troutman we'll also take a look at the athletic upside that New Orleans Saints were able to bring into their facility with their day three selections including an electrifying wide receiver that I am so excited is on his way to New Orleans but first let's speak about Jake Hayner, the Fresno State quarterback that the New Orleans Saints drafted um in this year's draft and in the uh in day 3. I think this selection of Jake Hayner is the smartest selection that the Saints made over the course of the entire weekend. I love the Brian pick. I love the uh, Isaiah Foskey selection. I love the Kendra Miller selection. I love the At Perry selection. I love the selections that the New Orleans Saints brought in, and I love some of the undrafted free agent stuff that they did as well. But the thing about the Jake Hayner selection isn't really even about Jake Hayner, although I do think that Hayner is a solid quarterback. He's mentored by Derek Carr, who also went to Fresno State. His favorite quarterback is Drew Brees. That's why he wears the number nine. He was coached at the Senior Bowl by Ronald Curry, who's the Saints passing game coordinator and quarterback coach, as well as DJ Williams who's an offensive assistant who served as offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, respectively, at the Senior Bowl this year. All of that makes a ton of sense. But the reason why I really like this selection is that it shows you that the New Orleans Saints are operating at quarterback a lot differently than they have in the past. The New Orleans Saints for a decade and a half didn't invest in the quarterback position at all when it came to the draft. And instead, over the course of the past four years, we've watched them take two quarterbacks in the draft and Ian Book, as well as Jay Kaner. And they went and got both of those guys in the fourth round. The reason why I highlight this is because what it does is that this move is the type of move and the type of mentality, even though it might not be this move in particular, this is the mentality that gives you a quarterback waiting in the wings, the successor that's ready to take over for your star or starting quarterback. Now listen, Jake Hayner may not pan out to be an NFL starter. He may not take over for Derek Carr, but the fact that the Saints have the foresight to say, let's grab a quarterback that we believe in and see what happens is exactly the type of mentality that a good football franchise in the NFL that doesn't have a long-term solution. And when I say long-term solution, I mean a rookie starting quarterback or a starting quarterback on a rookie contract at the quarterback position. The Saints do not have that. They have Derek Carr on a four-year contract. So you can consider that long-term because it is a long-term deal. Yes, but will he get a contract before or after that? Will he see that contract through or will it just be a three-year contract? All of that. The thing to consider is that even if Derek Carr is only on the roster for three years, three of his four years on the contract, Jake Hayner would be about 27 years old by the time that that contract is done. So, turning to a 27-year-old quarterback on a rookie deal, probably not an ideal situation for an NFL team, but the thing that I like about this is simply, simply that the Saints made a move that allows them to not be in a situation like they were after Drew Brees' retirement to where they were scrambling around to try to find the right quarterback, went and pursued a quarterback that they weren't able to trade for, then had to fall back on a backup plan, all of that. So, It is one of those picks that I think signals that the mentality here in New Orleans is changing, and the mentality here in New Orleans, I'll go even further, is evolving, and I think that's a positive place for the New Orleans Saints to be. Now listen, I do like also what Jake Hayner has done, but I do think, as we have said many, many times, just on average over the course of the past 10 years, quarterbacks selected after the second round don't often pan out in the NFL. There have been 75 before this year's draft in the last 10 years that have been selected after round two. One of them is a bona fide starter in the NFL at this moment, and that's Dak Prescott. We'll see what happens with Brock Purdy. But this draft class, this year of draft class, the quarterback position went in droves. Over double-digit quarterbacks selected in this year's draft. Double-digit tight ends selected in this year's draft. A whole bunch of that kind of stuff. So I think that what I like about this for New Orleans is that this is obviously a good quarterback class because you saw a lot of, of, of teams not wait around for quarterback, but also trade up to go and get their quarterbacks. Even the second, third tier of quarterbacks in this year's draft, we've watched teams trade up for them. The Saints traded up for Jay Hayner. The um, Tennessee Titans traded up for Will Levis. All of those little moves make a ton of sense. And that is why I like what the New Orleans Saints did here. I like that the Saints kind of readjusted the way that they look at attacking the quarterback position and said, let's bring somebody into the facility that has the tools, that you know is familiar with the type of offense that the Saints run, that is a quarterback that the New Orleans Saints offense has, it, the type of quarterback that the New Orleans Saints offense has proven to be able to work with before. And I don't just mean a short quarterback or shorter, quote unquote, quarterback. I mean, a quarterback that knows how to change his arm angles. I mean, uh, a quarterback that knows how to move laterally in the pocket so that he can get to his throwing windows, a, a quarterback that will work from uh, 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 near to far downfield. I-, I like those things for the New Orleans Saints offense. The Saints like those things for their offense. And so they go and get a guy that their starting quarterback already has a relationship with and that checks all of those boxes in Jake haner The other thing that this pick does is that it allows you to have a future backup plan at quarterback, right? And when I say backup plan at quarterback, I literally mean a backup for your quarterback. That your starting quarterback already has a pre-existing relationship with Derek Carr was already mentoring Jake Hayner in the first place. Now he gets to mentor Jake Hayner in the same uniform. That's pretty special. That's pretty cool. And don't forget, Jameis Winston is only on a one year deal and he's coming off of several debilitating injuries using his words, not my own. And so if Jameis Winston were to move on for a starting role somewhere else after this year, the Saints aren't in a pickle. They're not in a situation where they're like, oh, well, we don't have a guy that we like behind Derek Carr. They do because they went up, they got him, they traded for him, they brought him in, they have the experience that they need with him. The coaches around in the system have already worked with him because of the senior bowl. And it's a guy that already has a relationship with your starting quarterback. That's a nice, cushy setup for the New Orleans Saints. Nice, cushy setup for Jake Hayner and a great setup for Derek Carr as well, because he's got a guy behind him that he already knows and that he absolutely trusts for the future. So I like what the New Orleans Saints did in this draft class with taking Jake Hayner as the smartest selection in this year's draft, but not my favorite selection in this year's draft. My favorite selection in this year's draft outside of Isaiah Foskey is actually the last pick that they made, but they had to do it in an interesting way. Trading away Adam Troutman in a seventh round selection to get back up to be able to draft A.T. Perry, the wide receiver, out of Wake Forest. This kid is explosive, he's athletic, and he's going to be really exciting. We'll break down all the why, as well as the other athletic upside that the New Orleans Saints brought in, in day three, which had a bit of a theme, as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by friends over at Ultimate Pro Football GM, my favorite mobile app, and of course, one of my favorite companies because they sponsored our entire NFL draft coverage. Really, really cool stuff. Everything from the mock draft to the daily videos to the uh, live shows to the the short clips that you've seen pop up on, um, on the podcast pages and stuff. Just really, really cool. So go ahead and show them some love for showing us some love the way that they have. You can head over to ultimate-gm.com so you can get in on the app today. You can manage a salary cap, draft, free agency, trade players, hire coaches, fire coaches, coordinators, whole bunch of fun stuff. It's a really cool game. It's entirely offline. It's free to play. Um, you don't have any timeouts and things you have to wait for. It's awesome. You can play at your own pace as quickly or as slowly as you want. So go check them out today, Ultimate Pro Football GM, Ultimate-GM, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On so you can get a 100% free bonus to your franchise today. Again, that's Ultimate-GM.com, Ultimate Pro Football GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. We got a live episode going on today. Appreciate everybody for being here for the live show. If you're an everydayer, make sure you say what's good in the chat. Let me know that you're an everydayer. If you're catching this after the fact, let me know that you're here every day because we'll be right back at right back with you on Monday, breaking down the undrafted free agency class, taking a more holistic view of the entire uh, New Orleans Saints draft class, and I'll get you all caught up on the offseason calendar, what the New Orleans Saints are going to be doing. And don't forget that the compensatory free agency period ends on Monday at 4 p.m. So, Tuesday, we'll be taking a look at some potential signings that the Saints either did make or could be making after that period comes to a close. So, we'll have all of that here for you, as well as another three to 12 episodes to uh, next week. Who knows? Because we've been here all weekend. So, appreciate you as always for being here. So, let's take a look now. For the New Orleans Saints, at where they sit in terms of their day three, day three had a, a little bit of a theme. Actually, actually, a couple of different themes. If if I were to uh, prescribe or, or prescribe, listen, I have a lot of off days, but it's not often that I'm off the clock. Y'all you know what I mean. So let me give me a second here. Uh, <laughs> if I were to kind of describe, that's what I was looking for, the New Orleans Saints day three draft selections with two words. Here's the two words that I would use athleticism, versatility. Those are the two words. Nick saldaveri the, off, the uh, offensive lineman, I think is the only fair thing you can call the guy, out of Old Dominion University. We've broken him down a couple of times here on the show, mentioned him yesterday as a potential selection in today's uh, day three. And the way, yes, it is live, Saints Nola, Saints Nola. It is live. We are live out here. Um, so what I look at here for... Nick Saldovary is that he is versatile, right? Comes out of ODU. He has played a lot of tackle, right tackle, right guard, but then he's also played on both sides of the line. At the Senior Bowl, they worked him out at center. We spoke to Jim Nagy today, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. He said he actually likes Saldovary more as a center because of that initial quickness, his movement ability, his movement skills, his speed, getting to the second level, all of those things. And of course, the smarts. We spoke to um, Nick right after he was selected via Zoom at the New Orleans Saints facility, and you can feel how excited he is, how much he loves the idea of being a part of the New Orleans Saints, and how he feels like he really can contribute everywhere on the offensive line. So he has the athleticism, uh, and I can give you the athleticism number here to help you out, thanks to Math Bomb, Kent Lee Plott, uh, who does the uh, relative athletic score, which kind of measures the athleticism of prospects based upon their height, weight, and then their uh, athletics testing relative to uh, a history of documented players at the same position. And for Nick Saldeberry, he comes in with a 9.47 um, RAS score, which is absolutely huge. It's fantastic for him. And the fact that he can move around the offensive line is the versatility. Let's look down a little bit further. We've, we got Jake Hayner out of the way. We spoke about him. He was drafted in the fourth round, fifth round in this year's draft. Uh, Jordan Howden the uh, five foot 11, 200 plus pound safety out of Minnesota, who's played over 500 career special team snaps. He's played over 3000 snaps in that Minnesota defense as well. He's got a ton of experience starting 49 out of his 58. If I remember the number correctly, uh, games that he played throughout his collegiate career. And then he had only uh, 20 or so missed tackles, which sounds like a lot, but don't forget that that's only like a missed tackle percentage of I mean, uh, he had a very manageable missed tackle percentage. Let's just put it that way. So when you look at the the solid nature that comes with a player like Jordan Howden, it's absolutely there. But where does he play? Well, you can line him up at free safety. He's going to be able to contribute to you immediately on special teams in kick coverage as well as punt coverage. He's also somebody that has played over 200 snaps in each of the last three seasons in the slot meaning that he has played the majority of his defensive snaps over the course of the past three seasons in the slot. So if you're looking for a guy that might be able to come in and be the backup to Bradley Roby and eventually potentially be the successor at the slot safety or slot cornerback spot, Jordan Howden could be that guy. And one of the guys that we continuously pointed out was Quan Martin out of uh, Illinois. And he got drafted mad early. We're very excited to see that because we love him. Uh, But you looked after that and kind of went, okay, so where are the Saints going to find their nickel safety? I was wondering as Antonio Johnson, the Texas AM safety continued to tumble down uh, the board if maybe they might go with him, but they went with Jordan Howden. I think Jordan Howden is a great selection to be able to add that he's got good speed. He's got good explosiveness. He's got good uh, versatility. He's a, a heads up ball player. He's the kind of guy to where when he's away from the line of scrimmage and playing so that deep safety role that makes... Uh, quarterbacks move on in their progressions instead of taking the deep shots. He does a good job of warding those away. So I think that those types of pieces are the types of pieces that the Saints wanted in day three. Special teams guys, versatile guys, athletic guys, and you got that in Jordan Howden. Finally, in round six, after the Saints actually trade up, they did this by trading uh, their seventh round selection, which was at 227. They had already traded there later Uh, or excuse me at 257 they had already traded their earlier selection in order to get up at an earlier point but they traded 257 as well as um as well as adam troutman to sean payton and the denver broncos and said here you go y'all take him let me go ahead and get 195 about you and then they went up there and they grabbed a guy that we've talked about a ton here on the podcast wake forest wide receiver at perry at perry six foot three 198 pounds, 447 speed, great hands, and he's got a lot of drops. I'm not gonna lie to you, he's got a lot of drops in his in his repertoire. 20 drops over the course of his four seasons. But keep in mind that his catch percentage and his drop percentage are not out of the ordinary at all. So it's not an inordinate amount of drops. But consider the fact that he was targeted 129 times last year and 125 times the season before that. So when you consider the fact that that's how often he was targeted, him having eight drops a year ago, him having uh, nine drops two years ago, not all that surprising when you take that into consideration. So when you look at the drop percentage, it's only a 10.4% drop percentage over the course of his entire career. Last year, despite having eight drops, it was only a 9% drop percentage. So it's not that terrible when you look at it on a per snap basis. There's a lot of good stuff to work with there. So I wouldn't be too concerned about those drops, which I know that there is a big piece of the, you know, uh, you know, crowd that has sort of been like, well, AT Perry's a good wide receiver, but he's got to be able to catch the ball better. I think that there's enough there for you to feel confident that he's going to be able to get that type of work in. I thought that AT Perry was going to be a fourth or fifth, uh, round, uh, guy, uh, Oscar, I'm going to give you a shout out for calling Perry for being a New Orleans Saint, but like we've all loved A.T. Perry as a New Orleans Saints, So like, I love it. I love it. I'll give you your credit, but we've all been here too. You know, we're all very excited about A.T. Perry. And I think that, I think that that's warranted. Like I said, I thought that he was going to be a fourth or a fifth round guy. He tumbles all the way in the sixth round. We asked him what he thought that that tumble was attributed to. And he mentioned that there were apparently some some conversations out there about some uh uh um uh, character things. And listen, if there were character concerns, the Saints wouldn't have drafted him. And also, I spoke to everyone, you know, we, we actually, all of us that were in the media and reached out to a bunch of our ACC contacts, our our, our Wake Forest contacts, uh, some folks within North Carolina and everything, and no one could tell us what this thing was. In other words, they hadn't heard anything. And so I don't know where maybe this whole character thing came from. I get the sense from A.T. Perry that he's a little bit of a quiet guy. Maybe that's something that teams misconstrued as not being passionate enough about the game of football, but when you look at him over the course of the past couple of years, uh, 1,296 receiving yards in 2021, 1,100 receiving yards in 2022, he's combined for a total of 26 touchdowns over the course of the past couple of years. You don't put up those types of numbers and not love the freaking game. So I have no idea what the character stuff is. He said that it confused him where that was coming from as he spoke to us from what looked like he was probably, you know, with his family and things like that. So I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'm not buying it. Whatever it is. So take that for what it is for what it's worth. We'll see what it's like throughout all that. But I don't think that it's gonna be that big of an issue. The drops or whatever sort of those character quote unquote character things are. So we'll we'll see what it is. I'm sure information will come out that come out about that soon enough. Um and look, if if it's something horrible, don't come back at me and say, Well, Ross, you said he was a good person. You, we don't know, okay? We don't know things, but I'm just saying like. I don't know what it could be based off of the, the information that we presently have. So I'm not worried about it. And I don't think you should be worried about it until there's a reason to be worried about it. The other thing that I would say too, and uh, the other thing I would say too is that he took the majority of his snaps in his collegiate career on the outside. Over 92% of his snaps came from the outside at sort of the X receiver position playing up on the line of scrimmage. Think about how Michael Thomas is most often deployed in a New Orleans Saints offense. So that's an easy fit for you to kind of pigeonhole in, or not pigeonhole in, but kind of like peg and say, hey, that's probably where he fits is right behind Michael Thomas. But he did also say, A.T. Perry, that he, wants to, that he wanted to contribute more in the slot. So we'll see if he gets the opportunity to do that here in New Orleans. Coming up next, the New Orleans Saints addressed some needs, created some needs, and didn't address some needs. Let's lay it all out so that we can kind of get a more holistic understanding of how successful the New Orleans Saints draft class was, the grade that it deserves, and what's on the way for the New Orleans Saints. Got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Put a Locked on podcast, network your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. And if I'm being honest, the protein bar that has kept me going all throughout the weekend, outside of, of course, my simple excitement of covering the NFL draft. These protein bars are the best tasty protein bars you're going to find. They come in some incredible flavors like churro, brownie batter, uh, mint chocolate, uh, mint brownie, uh, cookies and cream, all covered in 100% chocolate. And you're getting about 17, 18 grams of protein with each of these while you're only getting about 130 calories and about four grams of sugar. That is awesome. You want to check them out today, you can find everything they have to offer over at Built.com. You can get some four-bar boxes over with some great flavors over at Walmart in the, prescri- in the, uh, the pharmacy section. And you can also head over to Sam's Club to get a 13-bar box of churro, brownie batter, and other hit flavors. So head over there, check them out today over at Built.com, the best tasty Protein Bar on the market. Let's get it, who that nation, wrap it up today's episode of Locked On Saints with just a quick kind of let's just chill for a second. Boop. We're gonna chill for a second and we're gonna take a look at what the New Orleans Saints did in the draft, where they addressed the needs the needs that they created, and the needs that they didn't address. I'm going to give you my honest opinion on a grade when it comes to this New Orleans Saints draft class, understanding that this grade changes in three years, right? I'm going to give the Saints a solid B. But when I say a solid B, it's not because it's not great. It's not because it's not good. It's not because it failed in any way. It's not because it came up short in any way. The thing about it is that, you know what the Saints really needed when they came into this class? They needed, or they came into this draft, they needed a solid B draft class. And I think that's exactly what they got. Look, they don't have the major upside guys like the Anthony Richardsons in this class and the Will Andersons in this class. They picked too far back. So they're not going to have those guys that usually lead off in A-level class. So look, they're not going to have the big high risk, high reward guys, but you know what they got? They got a bunch of high risk. I'm sorry. They got a bunch of high reward, low risk guys. And that's exactly what the Saints needed. The Saints needed to go into this draft and walk out of this draft with a handful to seven really good football players. And that's exactly what they did. Brian Brzee, really good football player. Uh, Isaiah Foskey, really good football player. Kendra Miller, Jake Hayner, Nick Saldaveri, A.T. Perry, Jordan Howden. These guys are all really good football players. And that's not to say that they're not great. That's not to say that they can't be great. That's not to say that they can't become great. That's why I said this grade changes in three years. But what the Saints needed more than anything else was to come into this dra- or leave this draft and go into training camp with as little risk in this draft class as possible. And listen. At some point, if you're not making major risk, then you're cutting yourself off in terms of your ability to take in high rewards. But the saints were in position to not have to worry about that. They were in position to come in and make a bunch of safe picks that match their prototype, that stay true to their identity, that fit their DNA, that have gotten them here before. And that's exactly what they did and all they needed to do. So I love the fact that they didn't Like some teams across the NFL did find a way to screw that up because some teams around the NFL, I would give Fs, I would give Ds, I would give all of that. But for the Saints, a solid B, which is exactly what it is that I feel that they needed. And yes, sorry, I mean high floor guys. They needed high floor guys, my apologies. And they got those guys. So I love that. They had needs on the defensive line, defensive tackle, defensive end, drafted in the first two selections, addressed it. They had a need in the running back room. Kendre Miller addressed it. They had a need as well when it came to their, um, when it came to uh, the uh, slot safety spot, as well as special teams and and depth at defensive back. They did that with Jordan Howden. They had a need at wide receiver, which meant you know, which was mostly about picking up depth. They did that with At Perry, and then they wisely rolled the dice on a quarterback that they believe in. Those are all solid things. So I like that the Saints addressed all of those needs, and that they went out there and got a little bit of land yap too. The places that they didn't address, tight end, which in fact, they actually made themselves a little bit weaker at that position in terms of the number of bodies in the building. They shipped off Adam Troutman in a seventh round selection or to get into the sixth round pick to take uh, A.T. Perry. I love the selection of A.T. Perry. Adam Troutman is on his way back to reunite with Sean Payton over in Denver. Live long and prosper. Hope it goes well. But for the Saints, who already had a need at tight end, their need at tight end is a little bit deeper now because you have one less guy on your roster when you already had a need at that position. So it's gonna be very interesting to see how the New Orleans Saints address that. We'll discuss a couple of options here in just a second. The spot that they didn't address in the draft was linebacker, but they came back around and they brought in two very good linebackers that I'm very excited about. And the first one, a lot of folks here in Louisiana are already very very familiar with, and that of course is Nick Anderson, the two lane linebacker that had a great pro day, that is massively productive out on the field. He comes in as a uh, as an undrafted free agent and should compete to make this roster. Undrafted free agent linebackers tend to make this New Orleans Saints roster. Nick Anderson. Is in a good spot. And I also want to mention too six foot one, 230 pound Rockwall Texas native. What's going on? Uh and Vanderbilt linebacker, Anfreny or G. That is another one that I'm really, really excited about as well. Uh, just to give you a couple of the athletics numbers, he comes in with four, five, three speed, big time vertical leap at 38 and a half inches, 10 foot two inch broad jumps. Those are just really uh explosive numbers and really agile numbers as well in terms of his short shuttle and his three cone drill. So when you look at him, he's somebody that's going to be able to potentially come in and contribute for you as kind of this early, maybe two down run stopper type, but he is going to be a fantastic special teamer for you as well. So I really like the selection of both of those, but I'm going to be interested to see if the Saints do further address linebacker. And certainly if they further address tight end, which you can make an argument that they should, even though Juwan Johnson is far and away, your tight end one, you're still kind of looking for who that next guy is maybe Lucas Kroll becomes that guy. I think Taysom Hill gets used kind of all around and in a bunch of different places. So I think that like with those, then you've got another like future reserve guy in Forrestal who's also on the roster. But I think that the Saints can easily find a way to add to this tight end room. Cameron Brate, somebody that they're familiar with, played across the division with the Tampa Buccaneers, is still a free agent. They have brought in a couple of tight end uh, undrafted free agents as well. And then of course, We're waiting to see what happens with Foster Moreau as well. Foster Moreau came in, he had a physical with the New Orleans Saints, seemed like there was some momentum towards getting him signed, uh, but then they found the Hodgkin's lymphoma diagnosis potentially saved his life, or at least changed his life for the better. He's going to undergo that fight, but he expects to be medically cleared by the middle of the season. So with that being the case, the Saints could, after 4 p.m. on Monday, when the compensatory pick uh, period is over for free agents... Meaning that they could sign a free agent without risking some of the compensatory picks that they're in line for, which include two fourth round picks and a sixth round pick. They could sign Hunter, Renf- uh, Hunter Renfro, excuse me, sign Foster Moreau, and then put him on the NFI list, non football injury list, and then activate him at midseason if he does indeed get medically cleared. So there is a way for Fawcett Moreau to still be a New Orleans Saint. And in fact, they could do that and still sign another tight end so that they have somebody to carry them through the first half of the season and potentially beyond in case Moreau doesn't get medically cleared, which won't cost the Saints any money because you're not required to pay players that are on the non-football injury list, although it's likely that the Saints and Moreau would probably work something out to make sure he's taken care of, but without breaking the bank on their end so that they can still add to the position should they need to. So I do think, and uh, I want to give a shout out here to uh uh-huh, uh Molly Mall, uh, who mentions here Jamal catch, uh Kellep, I almost called Tramal Ketchup. I'm I'm an idiot. Uh Kellep, who said that Yannick Ngakwe is still out there as well. And that's true. And the Saints could still very well bring in another edge rusher. Why not? You can't have enough of these guys. And if you're the New Orleans Saints, you don't really know what you have behind Cam Jordan, if we're being honest, with the exception of Tono Pasnio. You know, Carl Granderson had a great season toward the latter half of last season. Peyton Turner, things are still getting figured out there. You've got Tono Passanio, who's a solid veteran backup, and then you've got uh, Carl Granison, who's a solid starter, and now you've got Isaiah Foskey, and you have a lot of high hopes for Isaiah Foskey because he is a lot further developed than some of these other guys that the Saints have invested in in the draft at the position. But getting another veteran who averages uh, or who has had eight sacks every single career of his NFL career, every single season of his NFL career, not a bad choice to add to that room. So I really, really like what the Saints did. In this class, in this draft class, we're going to break it down further on Monday. We're going to take a deeper dive at the undrafted free agents as well. I could go through and list a bunch of them now, but there's going to be more added to the list. So let's wait. We'll get to it on Monday. I'm going to get some rests on Sunday, but I'll be right back here with you on Monday morning, getting you ready and making sure you have everything that you need to know uh, when it comes to your New Orleans Saints. An exciting weekend. And I want to say a big thank you. We've got nearly 500 people here in the, nope, we've got 500 people here in the chat. It just ticked over. Uh, while we're, uh, here live on a random Saturday night, well, not random, it's, it's draft day three, but I'm so appreciative of all the support that y'all have shown the channel, shown me, shown all of us here in New Orleans media, uh, as we've gone through and, um uh, and worked to bring the best that we could over the course of the weekend. So I appreciate y'all so much, uh, as we continue on and, uh, we'll be back with you again on Monday, taking a look at the uh, New Orleans Saints Draft class, looking ahead to some potential post, um, compensatory free agency period signing so got that coming up for you uh and another episode of locked on saints here in just a couple days appreciate you as always making locked on saints your first listen of the day every day for making me a part of your day a part of your routine for saying yes to me and to the show and as always if you see me please 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 say hi and if you need anything else around your new orleans saints In between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up, let me know how the family's doing, let me know how you're living, let me know how you're momming them, and trust you that nation, I'll holla at you.